When you hear the phrase acts of mercy or works of service, do you squirm a little bit and wonder if I'm going to ask you to add yet another thing to your already too long to-do list? Do you worry that since you don't have time in this season of life to maybe volunteer somewhere that you're failing when it comes to living mercy in your daily life and you should be be doing more? Maybe you have this fear that you aren't doing enough and that fear is kind of haunting you like I know it does me. Hey there, welcome to Letters to Women. It's a podcast where we explore and embrace the feminine genius in our everyday lives as Catholic women. I am Chloe Langer, and in today's episode, I am sitting down with Laura Patagan. When Laura turned 40 a few years ago, she decided to spend that year intentionally doing spiritual and corporal works of mercy. And that year has radically changed the way that she loves others, the Lord, and herself. If you worry that you just aren't doing enough these days, or you struggle to be merciful and gentle, especially to yourself, Sister, this letter is for you. This episode of the Letters to Women podcast is sponsored by the Little Catholic Box. The Little Catholic Box is a quarterly subscription box for Catholic women. Each quarter, Erica curates a bunch of fun, unique Catholic items around a spiritual theme. It is so much fun to be a subscriber. It is a blessing to the artists and creators and small businesses who these boxes feature. They only offer a limited number of subscriptions each quarter. And the sign-up window closes at the end of September. That is only a few days away. So if you'd like to try them out, visit thelittlecatholicbox.com slash LTW by the end of September and get an exclusive free bonus in your box that is only available to Letters to Women listeners. Last year, Erica's daughter designed this beautiful Tiffany blue-colored Marion logo coffee tumbler that is the gift for you as a Letters to Women subscriber. So if you take a close look at it, even though it's reminiscent of... um, how shall we say this? A certain well-known coffee logo. The Tumblr instead features this beautiful picture of the Blessed Mother. So you get a free Tumblr with your first quarterly box. Go sign up at thelittlecatholicbox.com slash LTW and do it before the end of September when that sign up window closes. Sign up now for the box that will ship the first week of November, which I think is just such a fun way to start the holiday seasons. It will be here before we know it, guys. Like, let's not kid ourselves. So... <laughs> Let's dive into this conversation with Laura. Today, I'm welcoming Laura Patagan to the podcast. She earned her undergraduate degree in public relations from the University of Florida. She's written for a variety of publications and Catholic blogs. Previously, she worked in fundraising for various nonprofits, including a domestic violence shelter, an AIDS service organization, and the Children's Hospital of New Orleans. She lives in Jacksonville, Florida with her husband and her, their two sons. Laura, welcome to Letters to Women. I'm so excited to get to sit down and chat with you today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about mercy, encountering the Lord, why growing in mercy is the antidote to being busy, which I think is something that a lot of us are looking for as the world kind of starts to open up, sometimes not really, and then shuts down again. Um, To start us out, to help us frame this conversation, can you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? Basically, I grew up as a cradle Catholic, went to Catholic grade school and high school, married someone from my high school who's also Catholic and uh, raising our children in the faith. When I was approaching my 40th birthday, which was almost nine years ago now, 
I, you know, it was a milestone birthday and I just was trying to think of different ways um, to celebrate. I thought about having a party or a, a trip or buying something shiny and none of it appealed to me. And I think there was just this kind of hollowness that I was feeling. So ultimately I decided I was going to spend my 40th year doing corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And I was going to write about those experiences and share them with others. And that redefined in some ways my Catholic faith um, because it really brought me so much closer to God and helped me to understand so much more about our faith just through the acts of service and through a better understanding of mercy than than I had before. I love how you speak into this hollowness because I think this is something so many of us experience where I know for me there's been seasons of life where I think oh, if only I had this thing, this physical thing, or if only I was living this trend that I see everyone else on social media diving into, then I will feel fulfilled and then I will feel happy. And I know that that's not true in my heart. I know that is not going to actually do anything for my joy, but it's really tempting. It's so tempting to just stuff and, oh, let's, well, let's give it a try. Let's see if it does make me happy for a while. No, I, I agree. And I think that's, you know, we're just bombarded with these messages from the secular world. And, and that's what I was trying to follow when I, when I was like, how am I going to celebrate my birthday? It was all, you know, secular thinking, but it really was funny because the, like I said, none of it resonated with me. And then I had this idea to do the acts of service. And I just, I had this peace and this excitement that I really can only credit or explain with the Holy Spirit, because it just, made so much sense to me and nothing ever makes sense to me. So it's really just, you know, one of those few times in life when you actually know, you know, something. And so I followed it. So I got to know your story a little bit and and this journey through your new book, which is called Simple Mercies, How the Works of Mercy Bring Peace and Fulfillment. And it's published by Our Sunday Visitor. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about what inspired you to, to write this book? You've already kind of spoken into this and what readers will find inside the cover. Were you writing this as you were living this year through your 40th or was did this come afterward? It came after. I think it was more, I wrote about the acts of service as I was doing them and I shared them with the blog. But this book really comes, I think, from a place of that hollowness of just what, you know, that feeling that I had and just a way to use acts of service as a way to to fill us. And my background at the time was a stay-at-home mother. I feel like, in, you know, in society, it's almost like we're, we're the bottom of the barrel, you know, like nobody, we don't get a lot of respect. I don't think that there are are many people that value what we do. You know, I had spent, you know, more than a decade experiencing that. I think for me, I had really begun to pay attention to this, to how the messages of the world made me feel. And it was all about more. You know, we were told we have to be more, have more, do more, make more, and to have value. That's not at all true. And it's so easy to fall into that trap. And it's just a trap that I think leaves us feeling empty. And so it was, I really felt very passionate about writing the book because I feel like I know so many women that are doing so much in their, in their schools and their jobs and their homes with their kids. 
and they don't feel like they're doing enough. And I just think that it's really important for all of us to make that connection between our service and our Savior. Our acts of service are powerful, but they're not always huge, and they don't always end up on the cover of People magazine. More like ways that we can pay attention to the service that that we do to make the drudgery of it more fulfilling because there is often drudgery and service. Again, the secular world, I think, um, even glorifies that, what that's supposed to mean to us. Serving can be hard. And I, you know, and I'm the one of the first people to be happy to acknowledge that for anybody. But I also think it's the right kind of hard. And I think it's very filling for us. And so the book really is, you know, an encouragement for all of us to kind of expand our idea of what mercy is and ways that we can practice it as an organic part of daily life. You know, it's not necessarily about Chloe, you you know, you need to go out to the soup kitchen and volunteer, you know, because we don't all have time for that. You know, there's a season for different things in our lives, but, um, but just how, you know, cooking dinner for your family is the, is the same work of mercy to feed the hungry as serving at the soup kitchen, you know? And it's just recognizing that can be so much more meaningful and a way to really live our faith throughout the day, not just, you know, during morning prayer or nighttime prayer. So that's the intent of the book, I think, is to, to really kind of expand people's idea of mercy so that they can feel better. I mean, I want people to, to feel better. It's just, it's as simple as it you know, it sounds, because I know that for so long, I needed this book. You know, I didn't feel good, good enough. And it didn't matter what all I was doing. It just never felt like enough. And and mercy tells me that it's enough. I think the beautiful thing about really leaning into works of mercy, the spiritual and corporal works of mercy, is that I know for myself in the season of life that I'm in with two little kids, very much in the trenches of tiny little babies, what I'm aware of mercy, it's not that my day looks different. I'm still doing the things that take up my time, right? I'm still making dinner. I'm still changing diapers. I'm still wiping up a ton of barf off my carpet. But when I'm really intentional about connecting that with this invitation to live mercifully to those in front of me, then I change. My surroundings look the same. I'm still loving the same people around me, but I'm different. And I think you capture that really beautifully in this book. Wow, thank you. And I'm I'm so glad that you have that awareness of it, of how it changes you, because I think it does. And we need to pay attention to that. As I age, that's one of the things I try to pay attention to is like, what what makes me feel good and what makes me feel yuck? We want, we want to pay attention to, to what those things are so that we can you know, have more peaceful, fulfilling lives. And again, I think that, you know, so much of it is just intention and awareness. And I think it, like you said, it makes you feel good. And then you want to do more of it, you know, like you want to serve more, you want to, it's a powerful feeling, I think. Within the very first pages of this, you've captured how you as a mom, when your boys were young, you would recount all the mistakes that you've made as a mom that day. And I love this line that you'd measure them in the extra years of therapy that they would inevitably need as an adult. And I'm I'm laughing because I do this too, um, as a mom. And you write really beautifully, I look back on those years and the litany of suffering I subjected myself to, and I realize how little I knew God. 
And that line was really haunting and beautiful to lead into this book about you discovering the Lord through mercy. I'd love to hear as you've grown in your understanding of mercy in your relationship with God and your relationship with yourself, how has that growth impacted your relationship with your family and your friends? Well, it's been a, for sure a game changer with my relationship with God, because before mercy, before I understood mercy, there was this barrier between God and I, because I don't think I really could grasp that he genuinely loved me individually. I, I just felt too broken and too flawed and not good enough. Sure, God loves me because he has to love me. He's God. I didn't really get it. No, he really loves me, you know, just like right the whole mess of me. And mercy, I think, allowed it to make sense to me. You know, it reconciled it for me where I was like, okay, that's how he could love me <laughs> because he's so merciful. And it really just kind of took down that wall of of feeling like, you know, God is way up here, you know, so much higher. And of course he is, but it made him so much more approachable for me. It, it really did. It, it was just a profound difference in my life and it changed the way I treated myself. I think, you know, now I try to be more compassionate to myself, to pay more attention when you're kind of, you know, starting to have those negative messages messages like you were talking about earlier where you start to compare yourself to other people or or whatever where you feel like you know you're starting to kind of go down that road and I can catch it more easily now and just let it go and I think too it's you know allowed me to be more compassionate with people in my life but you know in some ways what mercy did with that because I was always very compassionate to other people. That was not my weakness. It was more being hard on myself. And one of the things that Mercy has changed in some of my relationships is having more boundaries than I did before. You know, so in a way it's maybe the opposite of what you would expect to hear. But it's been positive and healthy. I mean, it's that whole like God doesn't expect us to say yes to everything, right? We're supposed to listen to his call for us moment by moment, you know, day by day of what we're supposed to be doing. And I think I'm better at that now, better at listening to his will than maybe other people's in my life's will for me. It did change some of those relationships, but I really feel like it's, it was in a positive way. It made them more healthy. Than I think they were. It was just an all-around game changer, really, for me. I really appreciate the framing of boundaries within the context of mercy. When I think of boundaries or the the way I used to think of boundaries before therapy and setting good boundaries in my own life was, this is so unkind. This is not being Christian. When, like you pointed out, the total opposite is true. That following Christ and loving others with a compassionate heart of the Father is saying no to things and that isn't selfish and and then some ways in, in the most seemingly ironic way that saying no to them is loving them well and willing they're good that's the hard part <laughs> right absolutely yeah sometimes it's you know love is sometimes it's hard conversations you know it's not all pink and you know peppy <laughs> and you know it's taking care of sick kids and cleaning up messes and you know, driving people around and it's, you know, love is, is hard and it's certainly worthwhile, but you know, it's not 
fun things that we like to see in the movies that make us feel good and then make us wonder what's wrong with our lives. <laughs> right. I, I don't think we're going to see a Hallmark movie this Christmas that says, right. the woman who set boundaries and learned to keep them. And we're all like, oh my gosh, grab your popcorn. This is going to be so good. <laughs> right. right. Good, but hard. Hard, but good. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think a lot of times when we, we've spoken a little bit into this, we log on to social media, we sit down over coffee with a friend, maybe we turn on the news in the morning. We can get really overwhelmed by the fact that there is a lot of pain and brokenness in the world. And I think the past couple of years have taught us this explicitly. And you write really beautifully about growing in mercy within our larger communities, as well as within our own four walls of our home. But I think that when people hear, oh, you should do works of mercy within your communities, they may think, ah, that is for someone who is retired and has some time to log some volunteer hours. I would love to hear more about what growing in mercy in our communities actually looks like um, for women in a variety of seasons of life who I know who are listening in and what ways you would suggest listeners to explore that within their own communities after they listen to our conversation. Well, first off, I think like my book would be a total failure if anybody walked away with that feeling that they needed to do more, because that is not at all the intention of the book. You know, it is not, I am not, I am an anti-more girl, (laughs) you know, that's not what I'm, what I'm trying to, you know, to encourage. It's really just to make that connection with your service and your faith. There are so many ways, you know, that we can broaden our idea of mercy, especially in our communities. You know, we, I think we have to, to kind of redefine what our communities are. You know, there are, there where our children's go to school. You know what I mean? So it's like you volunteer at your school you're doing some great works of mercy, I, you know, I assure you. And um, if you're a grandparent, you're babysitting, you know, you're helping your adult children out by babysitting their kids. Oh my gosh, you know, you're a saint. That's, that is so helpful and means so much to people. Helping a coworker who's overwhelmed with work or helping a friend who's going through a hard time. You know, there's not a hierarchy to suffering. You know, we can think that, you know, we are so much better off than the homeless person on the street. And in many ways, that's true. But God loves each of us unconditionally. And and he doesn't look at us and, you know, and kind of put us in a category of of how bad our woe is. You know, he just, he wants to be there to comfort us. And I think that that's how we need to look at it with our own neighbor, you know, neighbor in that broader sense of just the the people you encounter every day, the people at the grocery store, you know, just anybody, you know, just kindness, simple acts of kindness. They mean so much. And if you think about your own life and the things that you've been through, you know, that's true. Because I just think of days when I had, you know, I know you have young kids at home and, you know, mine are older now, but I remember sometimes when, I had that stroller and my hands were full and trying to get into this, open up a door. And when nobody would help me, I, I'm not kidding. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, I wanted to cry. You know, like, I'm like, this is so hard. And it just means so much when somebody just grabs that door and patiently waits for you to get through with all your gear, you know, because it's so complicated and to get through the door. 
I mean, stuff like that just kind of could change your day. And it's simple, but it matters, you know? And I think that we we tend to underestimate the power that we have to make the world a better place. We We think so big. And I think, you know, Mercy wants us to maybe think a little bit smaller and a little bit broader if those two things could possibly go together then then i think that that gets the message out more you know it gives we we have so many opportunities in our daily life to to give and receive mercy if we just have that awareness just at the very tip of our brain or something you know then we're kind of ready and it's just i think easier than than we think and makes more of a difference than we can possibly ever even know at the end of the day it's not adding more things are on our to-do list and you remind us of this a lot throughout the book which i really appreciate because i am a add more to the list kind of girl Mm -hmm. but it's becoming aware of the opportunities for living mercifully that i pass up every day and you're right you're right especially doing maybe an exam at the end of the day or becoming more aware of that has helped me yeah, maybe not pass up so many of them, but also be a, be more aware of the ones that I did pass up so that I right. can be much more intentional the next day. God willing, thank goodness for new right. days. Right. Yes. And to feel good to, to feel good about the ones that you did. Right. You know, I mean, I think that's important too. And it's not, you know, it's not about clanging our own gong or anything like that. But I think, you know, God wants us to feel good and he wants us to feel peace. And I think there's just a certain joy that comes from from service that the world really truly cannot settle that feeling and I think just being aware of of that you know when you do your exam and like you know and and you think that was really nice that I was able to do that thank you God for giving me that opportunity to to serve you that way that's a beautiful thing it's important to keep in mind that gratitude for that opportunity to serve the Lord that he's given us keeps us from falling into the, to another ditch, which is look at me. I am doing all these great things for the Lord. These are, these are so wonderful and I'm so great. And yes. So, so humility and mercy intertwined, but yeah, just this reminder that the Lord is offering us these opportunities and we have the choice to say yes to them, but it's all because he's giving us all of these things. Yeah. God is mercy himself. So what does growing in mercy daily look like in our relationship with him? And how does focusing on mercy and the Lord's mercy, and this is his identity, transform our prayer life as Catholic women? For me, I, you know, and we're all so different. And that's what's so beautiful about the Catholic faith is, you know, there's, there's so many different, I think, messages that resonate with different people. But again, for me, mercy has really just been the one that that has really helped me to know God in a more intimate way. He is mercy. I mean, I love that you say that. Like it's, he shows us compassion in so many amazing ways. Modeling that, you know, wanting to imitate Jesus and the way that he was so patient with others and kind and healing and just to imitate that and to have a chance to get to be like Jesus. It's so amazing. It's such a, I think, a powerful way to connect to him and to what he was really about. You know, he really preached love and service 
to others, you know, to love him above all things and then love and serve others. And I think that's why, you know, innately, I think we all have this kind of experience that hollowness of our humanity. You know, I think it's just, I think it's just because we're not with him, you know, that we have that. It makes sense to me that doing acts of service or, you know, out of love of God fills us in a way that things of the world never will, because we were created to love and serve others. So to me, it's just kind of like this natural extension of who he was or who he is that we can follow, you know, that it not only makes our world a better place, it makes us, you know, closer to him and know him better. Yeah. What I hear you saying as you're sharing is not, is that mercy practicing mercy in our daily lives is not doing more instead it is being more being more like christ yeah being more ourselves yeah being more the, the way that the lord's created us to be and that's so freeing laura that is so freeing it is it's so exciting i mean and that's what i want people to take away because you know like i said like i just came to this from this place of just like I am tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of these lovely, beautiful people I know who sit there and feel like they're not doing enough. Had it (laughs) enough. There's so much that I think um, that can be answered just through the simplicity of love and service. So it's like, you know, I think that it's important to remember you know, that it doesn't have to be hard or complicated or fancy. You know, it just has to be done with tension with love we've talked about this throughout our conversation that the world is constantly pushing us to do more to define who we are by by what we do our productivity what we're producing this feeling of oh i've I've done enough which we know we are never going to get to and what we contribute to the world and you write in your book the problem with more is that it inevitably makes us feel like less and what the world needs more of is mercy. As we close out our conversation, I'd love to hear what you have discovered about yourself in this journey through works of mercy. I think I've always been aware of all of the suffering in the world. You know, I've always been very sensitive to that. And certainly spending a year doing the things that I did made me even more attuned to it. And I think that you know, knowing mercy now, that suffering does not feel as hopeless to me as it sometimes did. Because I know that there's that balm of mercy. And I know that God gives it to us. And I know that we can give it to our neighbor. Nothing's really hopeless. It's just, you know, we kind of have to be the hands and feet for God. And and we can be, and it, and it just, it doesn't require anything special or expensive or anything you have to buy or, you know, anything. Like, it's just something that we give. And I think mercy gives me a lot of hope and just a gentler view on life and myself and people around me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's much easier just to let up, let, let things go that, that maybe once I would have been wounded about or you know whatever it's just I get it I get it that we all we all come from different perspectives and and different places and and we're reacting from from our own personal histories and everything and you know that's just way too complicated to delve into we just need to let some of this stuff go (laughs) you know um 
because we can't figure out figure out where we fit into all of that. But mercy is hope, I think. In your book, you walk through the spiritual works of mercy, the corporal works of mercy, and you give reflections and then some really practical advice on how readers can then apply them or strive for these works of mercy in their own life. So if someone's listening to our conversation, they want to pick up a copy of your new book, Simple Mercies, How the Works of Mercy Bring Peace and Fulfillment, published by OSV. Where can they go pick up a copy? Amazon has the book. You can buy it at our, our Sunday Visitor's website. A lot of Catholic bookstores have the book. So, but Amazon, definitely. The last question that I ask every woman who comes on the show, as we talk more about what living life fully alive looks like as a Catholic woman is this one. Laura, how do you live out the feminine genius, especially as a woman who's helping others recognize that mercy always matters in our daily lives? Well, it's funny because I have never felt like a genius about anything. And I think that I, I love what you do and what you're about because I think that the genius of what I'm trying to live out is in my ordinariness. The fact that I am not a scholar, I'm not a theologian, there are still so many things that I don't know or understand about my faith, but I'm going to show up, you know, I'm going to show up every day and try to be the best Catholic woman that I can be. And I'm just fully aware of my, you know, my flaws and my weaknesses and, and all of that. And think it's just, you know, that the feminine genius of it is, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to keep trying. And that would be my encouragement to others, too. You know, it's just, you know, I spent a year doing all of these things and there was nothing special about me other than I was just open to really living what we're all called. And that's it. My genius is in my ordinariness. I love that. That is beautiful. And it's attainable. It's so attainable. It is. And that's what I think, you know, we have to realize and, you know, and kind of, because I think we're all skeptical of that. You know, we're all skeptical that we could really make you know that much of a difference. You know, you think, oh, but I'm not like, this like this person's so sensitive or this person does this well or you know whatever but it's just you know and then that's what I love about you know just seeing other women and how they live their faith is it's just like the different ways that we're all called and so and I think that's beautiful because you know we're not all called to the same things and the things that you know, you're going to be good at with service. I might, I might not be, but it's okay because there's, there's enough of us. If we all call, you know, we're going, we're going to meet the need. I just, I think that God created it that way. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast and chatting this evening. This was so fun to get to know you, to get to know the story behind the book, which I loved reading. And thanks for just sharing your story and, and the way that this year, that year of mercy has just changed your life. Well, I appreciate it. And I'm grateful to you for your program and all that you do to share the faith with others because it, it's so important. You know, you have such a, a great way of, of communicating it to other people. So I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. Check out the show notes for my conversation with Laura over at letterstowomenpodcast.com or just scroll down to browse through links to check out resources that we mentioned in the show like Laura's new book, Simple Mercies, as well as links to the Little Catholic Box so you can get that bonus available only to Letters to Women listeners in your box with them that will ship the first week of November. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you do not miss a single new episode. And if you're an Apple user, I would love it if you left letters to women. Just a quick review. Let me know how I'm doing. Tell other Catholic women about what you like about the show. 
one of my favorite things to do is to read through reviews and get to know you better as a listener, what struck you in my, in these conversations and podcast episodes and learn how to shape the show in the future based on your thoughts and your feedback. You can check out all the behind the scenes info on my Instagram account at letters to women underscore podcast. I spend the few weeks after a podcast episode airs diving into topics that we covered and sharing quotes that struck me from the show over there in the feed. And I also love just talking with you with the comments and DMs and story responses and all of these fun things that are available over on the gram. So that is all I have for today's episode. I'm so looking forward to these conversations continuing with you throughout the year. And until next time, be not afraid. 